Again, it's good to be here with you today as we wrap up this sermon series called Endure. Right, if you remember, over the last four weeks, we have looked at different things that Jesus endured to save us. And today, there's just no way around it. There's no sugarcoating it. We're, we're talking about a topic that I would suspect most of us would rather not. We're talking about something that in some way, shape, or form has affected all of us or someday will affect all of us in very deep, very painful ways. Because you see, it's something that doesn't care who you are. Doesn't care if you're a little baby or if you're 80 years old, because age is really immaterial to this topic. Doesn't care if you're a man or a woman. Makes no difference if you're black or white, Hispanic or Asian, does not matter. Doesn't care where you go to church or even if you go to church. Doesn't care who you vote for, what you do for a living, how many titles you've uh, established, what rank you are, what career path you have, what's in your bank account. It just doesn't care at all. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about death. And for many of you, you know just how difficult, how deadly, how ugly, how painful, how gut-wrenching death can be. Because some of you, you've already taken that walk to the cemetery. And you stood there as you watched a grandparent lay to rest. Some of you have spent some time in a hospital room or a hospice room, and you held the hand of mom or dad, and you remember how they were once so alive and vibrant and young and strong, and you watched and saw how frail they were, and you saw them take their last breath. Some of you, maybe it was even a spouse. You had to say goodbye to, to the one person that you were with for so long and, and that you loved, and now you're wondering how you're going to take another day, another step, and do it without them. Some of you, it was a brother in arms with a flag draped over a casket as there was a 21-gun salute and taps. You had to say goodbye. For some of you, maybe nobody even knows because it's the baby that you lost just weeks into a pregnancy. And, and even though the world doesn't know, you know, your spouse knows, and it, and it hurts. Because you're not going to be able to hold that baby that you thought you would. I'd guess that many, if not most of you, ha have been in some of those shoes and you know just how ugly and how horrible and how painful death is. And here's the deal for the rest of you. If you haven't, you will. 
because death is something that we cannot avoid and we can't ignore no matter how much we might want to and no matter how much we might try to. And so today we're not going to ignore it because Jesus doesn't. And and today we're going to look this last installment in our sermon series, we're going to look to the one who not only endured the grief and pain over death, but he was the one person who could do something about it. And so that's what we want to consider today as we go through this story about a guy named Lazarus. So uh, because this is a hard topic, I want to start with a prayer and ask God to help us. Father, this is a difficult and a painful topic for us humans to discuss. Because from our vantage point, death just stinks, it hurts, it's a punch in the gut, and it seems so final. Yet today, you're going to show us some amazing truth and and amazing power that you have power even over death. And we rejoice in that truth, Lord. And and we're going to consider that power and what that means for us today, tomorrow, and forever. And so, Lord, we, we ask that you be with us. We ask that you bless us. And we ask that you comfort us in a way that only you can. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. He wasn't getting any better. No matter what, what the sisters did, no matter what the doctors were doing for him, day by day, hour by hour, he was fading fast. And at some point, you can just imagine the doctors going to Mary and Martha, saying, you know what, you need to prepare for the worst, because your brother is not going to make it. In in fact, I don't know if he's going to even make it through the night. And so Mary and Martha, they do what, what any one of us would do. They, 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 they got on the phone. They sent out their text. They let all the family and friends know Lazarus is dying. So if you want to come, if you want to come and say goodbye one more time, now's the time and do not wait. One of the friends that these sisters reached out to was Jesus. I just want to picture, get you the picture here. Jesus, he gets this information and he's told your friend Lazarus is dying. It's urgent. He's not going to make it. They're saying maybe 24, 48 hours tops. We have to get to Bethany. And Jesus gets up and he grabs the disciples and he, he quickly... stays put. Now think about it. These two sisters, right? If you have ever been in their shoes, you know the pain they're dealing with. They're losing their brother. This is not good. They're they're hoping and praying maybe a miracle will happen. Maybe the fever will break. He'll open his eyes. Tomorrow morning, he'll be better. They're hoping for that, but they know deep down it's, it's probably not happening. 
They're hoping and praying that all the family and friends that they reached out to, hopefully they can get here on time so that they can say goodbye. Hoping and praying that Jesus shows up and that he does something to help. But he doesn't. The hours tick by, some days tick by, Lazarus dies, and still no Jesus. So Mary and Martha, they have to, they have to plan a funeral. Their brother's dead, they, they have to make the arrangements, and they do. Family and friends do come. People mourn with these sisters. They grieve with them. They offer any kind of condolences they could. And then there's a funeral, and Lazarus is buried, and the tomb is shut. And still, no Jesus. One day goes by. Two days go by. Three days go by. And they wake up on the fourth day, and guess who's still not there? Jesus. Finally, he shows up, and this is what John tells us. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them in the loss of their brother. In a lot of ways, Mary and Martha probably did what, what we would do. Different cultures, different cultural things connected to the burial of the dead, but, but they had people they had family, they had friends, people mourned with them, they buried their loved one, and people started to go home. And that is when Jesus finally decides to show up. Now, can you imagine that? Could you imagine one of your best friends, your closest friends, because Jesus, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha were friends. They were close. Could you imagine four days after the funeral, that's when your best friend shows up? Really? Where were you? Did you not get the message? Yeah, I got it. Did you not, like, try to get on a flight, hop in an Uber, and get here ASAP? Uh, No. So Martha, she hears from people, hey, Jesus is outside. <laughs> right? Oh, finally. So she goes out, and, and, and this is the dialogue. She talks to Jesus. Now, I want you to hear in this, there, there's so much going on here. You can hear some pain. You hear sadness. You hear great faith. She finds Jesus and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Right, there's faith. Jesus, you could have done something, but you weren't here. If you were here, my brother wouldn't have died, but he's dead. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. 
Right? Talk about it again. Talk about faith. But I know that whatever you ask the Father, He's going to give it to you. And so Jesus then looks at Martha and says, Martha, your brother will rise again. Right? If you've ever been to a funeral, that, that's a good line to give somebody. Thoughts and prayers, eh. my condolences, eh. how about you will, your brother will rise again? That's a good start, Jesus. And then Martha goes, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So Martha has confidence. M Martha knows there's a resurrection. But then Jesus says what I think are some of the most beautiful and most important words in the entire Bible. He looks at Martha and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God. Mm. The sadness, the confidence, the gut-wrenching pain of death, but the certainty of life through Jesus so many great things going on here. It, it, the words just don't do it justice, does it? Right, right, right. I hope you can try to picture in your mind's eye Mary and Martha and Jesus and all these people and everything that's going on because of death. These sisters are mourning. Yes, there's great confessions of faith, but there's tears of sorrow because their brother is dead. And Lazarus' death affected those sisters. It affected the family and friends. It affected the people that came from near and far. It affected Lazarus' community, because that's what death does. And you know who else it affected? It affected Jesus. We're told that when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And Jesus wept. They say it's the shortest verse in all of Scripture. It's probably the one that all the confirmation kids wished that it was the only verse they had to memorize, but it's not. But those two words pack an enormously strong punch Jesus wept in some ways this is this is one of those times where we see Jesus in all his humanity right he's overcome by this emotion he sees Mary and Martha he sees the crowd and he sees their sorrow and their anguish and Jesus is moved by it But it's not just simply the same kind of sorrow Mary and Martha had and the same kind of sorrow we might have at a funeral. Jesus' sorrow goes even deeper than that. Because Jesus was seeing what sin and death had done to his creation. Jesus was eyewitness on that day to see what sin and de death had done to his beautiful creation because Lazarus, 
Mary, Martha, you, me, every single human being was never created to die. Never part of the plan. Death is the intruder. Death is the uninvited guest. Death is the enemy. And death is here because of sin. And so death hurts. Death is ugly. Death stings. Right again, if you've ever been at the bedside of a loved one dying, you know that. As a pastor, I've been there many, many times, and I'm telling you what, it doesn't get any easier to look death in the face. Because death is pretty strong. And death is pretty powerful. And it seems from our vantage point that death is going to get the final say. And that hurts. And so maybe the easy thing for us is to, to ignore it as long as we can. To push it off, to not talk about it. Because if you're really young, you got all the time in the world, or so you think, to not have to deal with death. But even as we get older, we, we don't want to think about it. We, we don't want to deal with it because it hurts, right? And so the easier thing to do with death is to kind of lock them away in a closet, even though we know we, we don't have the key to lock them up, but we try to keep them there, right? Because death is ugly. And we don't want to deal with it. I know that. Right now, we have a family member in a hospital who's dying. I don't want to deal with that. I, I don't want to look at death in the face because I know what death looks like, and it hurts, and he's ugly. I'd rather ignore it. But do you know who didn't ignore death for all the times that we do? Jesus. He's moved, he weeps, he's moved to sorrow over what death had done, and then he says, Hey, sisters, where's your brother? And you can imagine the scene, right? They're walking to the tomb. Where did you lay him? And everybody's thinking, hey, Jesus is just going to go pay his respects. Maybe even throw a sorry out there that I didn't make it in time, buddy, but I'm here now. And, and so they go to the tomb, and everybody follows. And then Jesus must have said in their mind the craziest thing they could have ever heard. Jesus said to them, take away the stone." Right? You can see the people in the crowd like, what is he talking about? He's lost his mind. <laughs> um, I don't know if you heard me, but take away the stone. And then finally Martha's like, Jesus, hey, maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep last night, but, but hey, he's been in there four days, Jesus. You know that, right? Four days, and we don't embalm people like they do in 21st century America. His body is rotting already. It's decomposing. You open up that tomb, it's going to stink. And I'm not even getting into any of the Old Testament laws about how, how God's people were supposed to stay away from the dead and they shouldn't touch the dead and they shouldn't deal with the dead. Take away the stone. Okay, they move the stone. And then Jesus says three words that would change the course of history for Lazarus, for his sisters, for the people there that day, and for you and me. 
He says, Lazarus, come out. I know he's sad. Maybe the grief's over. Take, take it. Go ahead. And there's Lazarus. Lazarus walks out of the tomb alive, reminding us of a few things. One, this is the Son of God, and that Jesus has absolute power even over death. That the Prince of Life goes toe-to-toe with death and says, let him go, and death has no choice but to surrender. Lazarus is alive. Imagine the joy of the sisters, the euphoria in the crowd that day. John even tells us that many have seen this miracle and they believe this is the Savior. But this was only a preview. Because in literally like a week's time, according to the chronological timeline of the Gospels, Jesus would be toe-to-toe with death again. But this time it wouldn't be at a cemetery. It'd be on a hill outside of Jerusalem. This time it wouldn't be Lazarus or somebody else's death. Jesus would be going into Jerusalem to look for death. And I don't know about you, but I think, man, that's crazy, Jesus. You shouldn't go looking for death. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I got this. Because next week's Palm Sunday, right? And Jesus rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and he knows what's at the end of the road. He's looking for it. He knows death is at the end of the trail, and he marches right to it. He knows there's going to be a crucifixion. He knows there's going to be a sacrifice, and he is the sacrifice. But still he goes. He goes because he knows you can't. He goes because he knows that no matter what you do, you can't sacrifice enough to take away your sins, but he can. He goes because he knows that if you go toe-to-toe with death, it will devour you and take you out and take you all the way down to hell itself, and there's no escape for you and me. And so he goes looking for death to save you. And that's what he did. For all our lies and greed, our denial, our selfishness, our our lack of faith in him, our lack of love toward each other, all of it, Jesus took it on himself on the cross to free us. And then remember, the the death is a result of sin. He allowed death to sink its jaws into him and take him all the way out. Hell, Satan, all of it. So that it wouldn't take out you. And Jesus willingly did all of that. He willingly laid down his life so that you could pick up yours. He gave up all things so that you would have everything in him. Peace and joy and confidence and hope and and resurrection hope too. 
because Jesus doesn't stay in the tomb. Death might have swallowed him up on Good Friday, but in doing so, it just swallowed its own poison because Jesus busts out of the tomb three days later saying, I win. And all those who are with me, you win too because of Jesus. Death is ugly. Death hurts. Death is is like a punch in the gut that that sometimes you just feel like you can't even get up off the canvas again. So Jesus came. That's what we get to celebrate, remember next week. So I implore you, come back. And don't just come on Easter, come on Palm Sunday, come on Monday, Thursday, go to the cross and then stop at the empty tomb because it all is a part of God's plan to save you. There is no greater week in human history than the week we start next Sunday. It's the greatest week ever because that's the week that Jesus rescued you from death. And so now Jesus says, you will live. Now Jesus says, when when your loved one dies in the Lord, he says, you can still have joy and confidence even through the tears because we know that someday Jesus will call them by name and they're going to walk out of the tomb again. And someday, when you look death in the face, when it comes for you, because it will, because of Jesus, you don't need to be afraid. Because you know on that day, Jesus will call out in a loud voice, Jake, Sam, Anya, Becky, Tracy, Scott, Dave, Dave, Mike, Amanda, all of us, come out. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to come out. You're going to be alive again because of Christ, because death does not have the last word. Your Jesus does. Amen.